This is the Second Chair Leadership Podcast, and I'm Matthew Johnson. This is the podcast designed to help you lead your church or nonprofit at the functional level. I'm really glad you're listening today because we're going to play part two of the interview I was able to do with Pastor Chester Mitchell just a few weeks ago. If you haven't been able to listen to part one, go to the website secondchairleadership.com and you can hear Pastor Mitchell talk about his recently released book, The Gravel Road to Heaven. Very good content in that segment. In this segment, Pastor Mitchell is going to talk to us about his own first chair leadership and the leading of his second chairs. He and his wife have been pastoring Capital Community Church, which they founded 17 years ago. They've got a great staff there, and I really appreciate uh, Pastor Mitchell talking candidly and vulnerably about his mistakes, challenges, uh, and his own leadership in this part of the podcast. Stick around after the podcast with Pastor Mitchell, and I've got some exciting news about a future podcast with Dr. James Littles of Urshan Graduate School. So without any further delay, here's Pastor Mitchell talking about leadership. models for churches today and uh, pastors and pastoral teams have to sort of carve and customize what really is going to work for them. So I just wanted to ask uh, if you could describe some of the leadership elements uh, that you have found work in your model here at CCC. A couple of key key words, Matthew. Team. Team. I think we are at a point in time where we understand that the people that came before us, and, and always we are products of who, who, who birthed us, who mentored us. And so we, we have many wonderful uh, pastors and leaders behind us. They, they came into a model, inherited the model that essentially said, you go there, you do it by yourself. What I know is that for me, when I came here, this work, everything you see here today, would not have been possible had I not thought, no, God's called me, and, and because I have a, a clear calling, I'm going to invite others to come on board and, and share ministry and really do life with me. And so that was, that was a, a major, major uh, decision for me on, on the front end, and, and it's one that's, one that's paid off. Uh, I, I invited a, a, a group of guys to come come do life with me and and let's see what God could do through us co- collectively. You know what? Th- that single decision has been probably the best thing I ever did. Um, I've heard it said before, and I'd like to get your take on this. Uh, what I've heard said is that people need your leadership mm-hmm. as much as your preachership. How do you? What do you think about that? You know. Everyone that comes to us comes wanting to 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 to, to go someplace. To they come with, with their dreams. One of the things I'm trying to say to to the people that have been with me uh, on 
in, on my leadership journey is if you will join me. It, it's, it's, it's a different way. Jesus said, you come follow me and I will make you. I will help you to become. become. Uh, I, I said to, 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 to Steve and, and Anthony, I've been here 17 years. Anthony has been here. Uh, Steve's been here 16. Anthony's been here 15. I, I said to them on the front end, you come follow me. You come be with me. Let's do life together. And I promise you, I'm going to do all that I can to, to, to lift you. Uh, at the end of the journey, you, you, will, you will say it was good to have been here with him. That, that's really mm-hmm. what, what I, I say when I look back at my time with Bishop Haney. Uh, he, everything you see here, uh, he taught me. And, and so that, that was one of the commitments. And, and I still make that commitment to people. I say that to people. You you get with me, and you know what? Everything that I know, I'm going to try to transfer to you. Uh, we're not going to be have a lifelong seminar, but every day is going to be a seminar because you're going to see me in my good times, my bad times. You're going to see me when I when I'm under pressure. You're going to see uh, the philosophies that I'm I'm operating with. You're going to see how I treat my wife. You're going to see uh, what I'm currently reading. I'm going to tell you what I'm reading. Of course, that's one reason why I like Twitter. Uh, I, I can tell you, you can, you can do life with me. Yeah, I sense, uh, in a way, uh, having read your book mm-hmm. and then talking to you today, the book is not just a project sure. that you felt, well, I want to take this voice and write in it. I sense uh, what you're saying, that when people have read the book, they thought, oh, I can hear you saying this. Because yeah. it seems that the way the book portrays mm-hmm. is how you like to do life with your staff, mm-hmm. with the people in your church. Yeah, it, it's, you know, let, let's go someplace great and let's go there together. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, even if you have to get off someplace on the journey, you look back and say, man, what a ride. What a ride. What, what a time. We just had some <laughs> great times together. And, I, you know, and that's, that's a commitment that I, we've made together as, as, a, as a team here. That, you know, we're going we're gonna to have a good time together. We, we've gone out and had fun together. I've been, you know, been in, in, in crazy situations <laughs> together. We learned together. We laughed together. Uh, we've, we've done life together. Done life. Some of our best stories uh, include the times that we've been together. Wow, yeah. that's great. So, uh, obviously, Capital Community Church is not done growing. I know since I've been here already this morning, you've talked about uh, future development plans, and uh, those are good challenges to have. But let me ask you, as a leader, as you're continuing to look to the future, what learning curve are you on right now? Churches, Matthew. You, You see churches right now, many churches, most churches, are struggling to break through barriers. You see churches, that good churches, churches that have been there a long time, they're in decline. Given enough time, they're, 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 they're going to die. They're going to die. They may not die next year, but they're going to die. Yes. The, the, the trend uh, is, is, is there. One of the challenges that, that I face is how to keep your church growing spiritually year after year, decade after decade. I'm, I'm, I'm now into this work 17 years, so I, I know what it's like to, to start on an Easter Sunday in 1996. I know what it's like to lead, to speak to 12 people, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, on a hot summer day when there's no air conditioning. I know what it's like to, to have uh, people in my living room for a Bible study. I've, I've led through that, and, and of course, you know, uh, at this particular point in the life of the church, 
the big challenge for me is how do I keep myself growing so I can grow the guys around me so we can grow uh, the, the, the larger leadership team of this church and how can we impact our, our community. A, a lot of people, they quit growing years before they retired. Mm. You know, I, well you know, I, I don't, I don't, I, I want to keep on growing. And that's, that's a big, big challenge. So maybe let's talk a little bit about uh, some of uh, what we're calling on this podcast, the second chair leaders sure. you work with. Uh, you've mentioned a couple of them already, and I know a uh, church of this size and with your model, there are others. But before you came and decided to begin this church, you were somebody else's second chair. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So maybe talk for a second about uh, any memorable experiences that came out of that and how it really made you maybe a, a better first chair leader. You, you know, I, if, if, I, if, I was, if, if we were not speaking the spiritual context, I would, I would say I got lucky. Okay. okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, what would the disciples say? You know, when, when you, if you ask, you know, Peter, James, and John, well, how how did you guys? How did you? You know, you know it's got like, you know, we were down by the seaside. The dude came along and just got you, you, and you. Come follow me, and you know, I I I got lucky, and I say lucky with 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 with, with the spirit with the most spiritual uh, tone I I could say, but. I, I actually fell into the lap of, of a great leader, just the same way Elisha fell into the lap mm-hmm. uh, of, 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 of an Elijah. I, I fell into the lap of a guy that, that was a great visionary, that had a great, great heart for, for, for reaching people, that was a great people developer, that was a great restorer, uh, someone that, that didn't take himself too seriously, that had no bones about the fact that he had to have a team. So I was mentored by, 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 by someone like that, and, and, and I came here with, with, with that in, in my DNA. So I know that it seems important to you to employ second chair leaders, and I'm saying that word intentionally, employ. Sure. You're not just looking for high-caliber volunteers, although I'm sure volunteering is sure. very important uh, here. But uh, as you have developed your own first chair leadership style. Uh, in what areas have you really discovered uh, it's best for you to lean on a second chair? Good leadership, in my mind, only happens when, when, when that first chair leader recognizes no matter how good you are, you're not that good. Mm. In fact, there is no success by yourself. And, and so one of the things that I know for sure is for me, it was important for me to identify my gifting. Where was I strong? Where was I at my best? And to say, okay, this is, is me, but me by myself is not going to be enough. And so what are the other pieces that I need to bring around me, not to compete with me, but to complete me? And, and really, that's what I've tried, to, I've tried to do over the years that I've been here, is, is to really assemble around me people that know more than me. One of the, the sayings that I quote often, and you know, if you get in a room and you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room. You're in the wrong <laughs> room. Good. So really, bring, bring the smartest, the brightest, the best people in, in the room, and, 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 and do, do, you know, do what Jim Collins uh, said in, you know, in, in, in his book, from, from Good to Great. Get the right people on the bus. Get the wrong people off the bus. If you get the right people on the bus, we'll, we'll like each other, and I will be on the bus because of who's on the bus, and together 
we'll, we'll take take the bus someplace great. So if you're looking at getting somebody on the bus, if today at CCC you were doing a new hire, bringing on another second chair leader, what are some of the things you feel like it's going to be important for that second chair leader to know about succeeding here at CCC? They, they would have to really understand our culture. Here in the life of our church, one of our commandments is, we will not hire anybody we don't like. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> we don't like you. We're not going to hire you because we're, we're not. We're, we're doing life together. Yes, we're doing life together. So we have to like each other. Number two, they they have to understand and buy into our our, our philosophy. Uh, you asked me earlier, on, you know, what are some of the words, and and I, and I said team. Another one for us is process. We are a process driven church. We we understand that our big goal this coming Sunday uh, is, is to move people from here to here. For some people, that, that, that's really too slow. But we, we, we bought into the whole idea that this is our life work. We don't have to get it done next Sunday. But I understand that the culture that I'm dealing with here in, in Northern Virginia, I have to be able to move people from this to that to that to that. And most, most churches... Uh, don't, don't buy into the whole process thing. They're, they're trying to move people too fast. Yeah. Um, when you talk about being committed to process, is it fair to say versus program? Sure. Versus just having successful Sunday services or successful uh, children's ministries that then just repeat themselves next Sunday. Mm-hmm. Your team and you are looking at what, where are we going? Yeah, Long term. We're saying, how do we move the, these group of kids so that 17 years from now, that we have put some stuff in them to, to where they're, they're still serving the Lord? One of the things, if I had to do this church all over again, start all over again, I think I would be much, much more intentional with the process. I, I, I would pour my heart in, into working with, with, with the kids. You know, I've only been here 17 years and I now have young people that my wife and I want them to the Lord. We married them and we've now dedicated their children. Wow. In 17 years. That tells you how quickly uh, 17 years has gone by. And I yeah. think churches have to be intentional. Quit trying to impress the, the, your neighbor preacher across town because re- really success is long term. Mm. That's really good. With uh, some of the second chairs that work for you, uh, I can tell from listening to you talk about them and then even having met them, they're good at what they do. Do you think it's necessary for every second chair to aspire to one day be a first chair in order to fill fulfillment? Or can they just be a great second chair in fulfilling a church's vision? I think you can be a great second chair all of your life. And the key would be to, to be in a place where, where that first chair understands your value, celebrates your value, and communicates on every level that without you, that church would, 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 would not be able to reach its redemptive potential. You know, I look, I look at the guys that have been with me. Really, I laugh about it because, number one, uh, and, and you just notice it, uh, I'm not a technology guy. So when a technology issue comes up, I, I lean to my technology guy. He does something here that uh, I, I, I can't do, don't want to do. And he does it very, very well. Uh, administratively, things happen here at the church be, be, because uh, of Steve O'Donnell, uh, you know, uh, my, my administrative guy. You know what? I value that in private and I, I shout it publicly because I want people to understand, look, yeah. we're, we're a team. 
Yeah, I, I agree. You passed my wireless code test. As the pastor, you did not know the wireless access code. Yeah, you know. That shows real trust and dependence. <laughs> I want to uh, quote a tweet uh, that you put out a few weeks ago that I really liked, and I want to give you a chance to comment on it. You uh, retweeted, actually, this quote, sharing your strengths creates competition. Sharing your weaknesses creates community. How have you found that to be true? When, whenever, whenever I want to get the best out of my guys, I tell them straight up that I don't know, that I, I don't have the answer. Whenever I want to get the best out of them, I, I tell them that really, gentlemen, I don't do this well. In fact, let me, let, let me give all, all your listeners a, okay, a here it comes. <laughs> whenever I have been in a meeting with these guys and I've said, you know what, I don't know, or I, I did something wrong. There's never been a time where people fell out in shock. Really, when I've said I don't know, there's always this subtle sigh of relief because they know that I don't know. <laughs> They're really, and the whole organization is waiting for me to really get out of the way. I tell pastors many times when I, when I mentor with pastors, when I, when I teach with pastors, I I, I tell them, you, you're, you're the problem. Wow. You're the problem. Any problem here at the church, I, I have to own it. And, and what I've found is when I get out of the way, great things happen. Great things happen. When I realize that I am not the answer, really the answer is another gifting, uh, another combination of gifting. Really, if I can set the right vision and, and get out of the room, great things happen. I, I, shouldn't, I should not be controlling everything. People should not be waiting on me to make make decisions. Really, I, I should empower people, release them to go. That's powerful. And I can really tell from the culture sure. of the church and your leadership, that's not just good book read stuff. Sure. That's what you're really trying to do sure. and communicate uh, to your staff. And I sense uh, some real trust in the relationships to be able to work and do that. you got to trust them. And, and of course, we have to redefine trust. I, I just read this the other day. Uh, in, in a great book that I, that I read. It's called The Advantage by Patrick Lencioni. He talked about that, that trust is, is essentially the vulnerability kind of trust, that I, I'm, I'm, I'm vulnerable with, with the people that I, I, I do, do life with. That's why you, you and your wife, that's why your marriage is working. She knows you. She knows you, you know, idiosyncrasies. Right. She knows your weaknesses. Yeah. You know hers, and you've decided. You know what? We can do this together because where you're strong, I'm weak, and 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 we and, and we can we can make make this thing thing work. Really, there's no teamwork without that kind of trust. Yeah, right. You know, I like your opening statement. We won't hire you unless we like you. Yeah, it's so yeah. simple but easy to yeah. overlook when you're focused on hiring somebody for a competency issue and you need a skill, but you're overlooking. Sure. That it may. You know, there's the character. There's the competency, right. and then there's the chemistry, and you can't substitute one for, for the other. Well, Pastor Mitchell, I really do appreciate you taking the time today to really, again, be vulnerable and talk about staffing. And I want to give you a chance before we wrap it up sure. to mention, if you would, if you will, and uh, you're working on another book yeah. project. Yeah. And uh, if you could give our listeners maybe just a, a sneak peek about what that next book is going to address. You know, the, I'm really excited about about the, 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 the second book. This, this next book is going to really speak to the fact that all of us will be wounded spiritually at one time or another. How do you walk with God through the, the wounding times of your life? It's, it's the David who has this anointing on his life and, and he's being chased by Saul and, and he now is on his way to being 
king, and yet he has to reconcile the fact that this person is attempting to, to destroy him. That creates, that creates a, a real challenge for him. And so I, you know, I, I'm speaking to people who, who are battling with bitterness. I'm speaking to people who, who have lost a loved one, and, and then the person that you've been praying and fasting for, they, they die. How do you reconcile that with, with God's faithfulness? And all of us will be wounded. All of us will be wounded. At some point, some place in our lives. Wow. Well, that's going to have a broad audience, I can tell you right there. <laughs> and that's my goal, to speak to people. <laughs> that's really good. Speak to people. Well, I, again, I really appreciate your time and for taking this uh, moment to do this and for sharing with our listeners just some of the things that uh, you've not only found to work for you as a leader and with the people you're leading, but the things that uh, you've just found have grown you and helped you in your own personal life. And it's been God. a great honor to, to spend a little bit of time with you. And I could tell we could we could keep talking for a, 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 long, a long time. <laughs> that sounds like a part two, maybe sometime in the future. <laughs> we'll, we'll do that. Uh, right. You mind if I just pray for your audience? Absolutely. Go ahead. Good. Father, I just thank you this morning, God, for allowing me to take time to, to share in this podcast. Thank you for allowing Matthew to come and to, to be with me this weekend. I pray specifically, God, for the, the men and women that are that are listening to us today. And Lord, I, I just pray over them this morning, God. I ask the Lord to give them wisdom. I pray for every one of them, God, that you would send, God, the right mentors into their lives, the, the right resources, God, that would help them to take their work, your work, uh, to the next strategic level. And I ask the Lord just to put a mighty hedge of protection around our hearts. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I pray. Amen. I really appreciated Pastor Mitchell speaking so honestly and uh, vulnerably in that segment of the podcast. If you're a first or second chair leader listening, um, I hope you were able to normalize a little bit around your own leadership and uh, just have permission uh, to think about the way you're trying to lead your organization at the functional level and draw from some of the insights and wisdom that uh, Pastor Mitchell put out there. Uh, As I said at the beginning of the podcast, The next uh, podcast is going to be with Dr. James Littles of Urshan Graduate School. If you have uh, heard the buzzword missional, which is going around the church world right now, uh, then you know there's so many multiple understandings of missional. And and, uh, I had an opportunity to sit down with Dr. Littles at the Purpose Institute Summit and just get him to talk openly uh, about what it means to truly be missional. And I just want to encourage you not to miss that podcast when it comes out. It's just some really good content, and I promise you it will be uh, so insightful to you. So if you get a chance, go to secondchairleadership.com, and on the right-hand side, you'll see the subscribe uh, button. Just give me your first name and your email, and uh, I'll send you an email alert uh, that'll notify you of when content goes up on the site. I won't use that email for spam, just to let you know about new content that goes up on the site and uh, to keep you informed. That's all for now, but I look forward to the next time when I get to pull my chair up next to your chair and we can continue the conversation about second chair leadership.